We called our home the Blue Ghetto. Each spring, it accreted along both sides of a dirt road you could walk the length of in two minutes. Our scrap of road collided at one end with the backside of Three Rivers Lodge, the rustic resort that largely comprised the town of Lowell, Idaho. The other end was swallowed by a wall of dense, dark, dripping green, the Clearwater National Forest. Alongside, screened from view by Willow and Syringa, ran the Loxaw. This mountain river swells each spring with snowmelt and rainfall, pounds through dozens of powerful rapids in a handful of miles, and then, just downstream of the lodge, folds with deceptive peace into an even better-known mountain river, the Selway. The denizens of the Blue Ghetto were whitewater raft guides, many of us career guides, as we like to point out to one another. We were not working summer jobs until something better came along. We were living the life. We might not own much, but neither were we owned. We might not be eligible for credit cards. People without permanent addresses tend not to be. But credit cards looked like bad magic, the real-life lamp with the prankster genie inside. So the ghetto in Blue Ghetto was ironic. We were proud of our poverty and what it bought. The blue was literal. On the Loxa in the spring, it rains and rains. So we strung cheap blue plastic tarps over our campsites like so many miniature blue skies. The twilight shadows that pooled beneath turned even our faces blue. It was a glorious mess. Our cheek-by-jowl camps were mud-sticky and puddle-mined, encircled by shallow trenches we dug to divert water around our tents and cooking areas. Some of us slept on salvaged wooden pallets, others in trucks backed up to the ubiquitous tarps. We built shelves and tables out of waste lumber and driftwood. All of it was festooned with boating gear that seldom dried. As you might expect, our tiny enclave was well endowed with colorful characters. There was Dave, who was in his mid-twenties but had yet to own a car. In fact, he didn't know how to drive. He hitchhiked to every destination he couldn't reach by bicycle, including the Loxa and, somehow or another, Tibet. There was Lonnie who had a master's degree in something I could never remember, although I occasionally heard him mention it to curious guests. An accomplished storyteller, Lonnie liked to kick off his sandals before beginning a tale. Then he'd scuff his feet into the grass or sand as though cleaning a battery terminal. Hooked to his source, still silent, he'd fold his body into an angular origami squat, and swivel his long neck until he had captured every eye. Then he'd begin. There was Carol, in her late twenties, with thick, dark hair that she kept in elaborate cornrows and ropey braids. She chewed tobacco and sang like a whiskey-bent angel. Her laugh was easy and raucous. You could hear it clear across the river. Despite the tobacco-flecked teeth, weathered skin, and bulging biceps, the impression she left in her wake was that a mischievous child had just skipped by.